let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Do you love a good comeback story? A comeback story is when an individual or a team, someone that was counted out, suddenly and miraculously makes a comeback. For example, the Ghana Black Stars have not won AFCON for 42 years. So we're all praying for a comeback. Let's go, Black Stars. Somebody say, we go do. One of my favorite comeback stories is the story of the Judean date palm. You see, thousands of years ago, the Judean date palm flourished all through the land of Israel. It was known for its beauty, its shade, and its luscious date fruit. It was seen so many places that it became a symbol of the Judean kingdom. In fact, because there were so many Judean date palms around the town of Jericho, it turned that small town into a large population center. And the Judean date palm is even mentioned in the Bible in Psalm 92. Yet sadly, all that changed when the Romans conquered Judea. When they came and destroyed the temple in Jerusalem in AD 70, the date palm crop was also destroyed. And as Israel went through a period of war and disaster, there was destruction not only in the property and the building, but in the Judean date palm. Eventually, the Judean date palm actually became extinct. There was not one known Judean date palm tree anywhere in the world. Well, it looked like that was the end. How do you come back from extinction? No one would ever enjoy its fruit or its shade again. But then in 1965, something amazing happened. Archaeologists were digging around an ancient royal palace outside the city of Masada, Israel, when they discovered deep under the earth a clay jar. When they opened the clay jar, they discovered Judean date palm seeds. Could it be? that these seeds still had life in them? The date palm seeds had been tucked away in obscurity for 1,800 years. They'd been buried under the ground in a clay jar in the darkness. No air, no soil, no moisture, forgotten and neglected. Buried in the earth, it seemed impossible that they would ever live again. But there is power in the seed. There's an amazing power of life. There's the power to flourish. So a scientist took some of the seeds from the clay jar and tended them and planted them and nourished them. He called one of them Methuselah because it started to germinate. The Judean date palm that had been extinct for 1,800 years was back again through Methuselah, full of life, full of flowers, and ready to multiply. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Today... Methuselah is flourishing. Now there's other Judean date palm trees, and they've begun harvesting dates and eating and enjoying them. Methuselah, named after the man in the Bible who lived longer than anyone else, is a symbol of the power of the seed. You see, though it lay dead and dormant for many, many years, there was still life inside of it. The power of the seed could not be stopped. But here's what we also need to remember today. The seed had to be sown in order for it to grow. All the power and all the potential and all of the harvest that was there inside the Judean date palm seed remained locked up and useless until it was sown in the soil. 
There's a powerful lesson for all of us in the amazing true story of the Judean date palm. You see, your life is a seed. Your time is a seed. Your talent is a seed. Your words are seeds. Your actions are seeds. Your gifts are seeds. Everything about you is a seed. But no matter how great your potential, no matter how much promise you have in your life, no matter how much future you might hold, you can't produce anything until you're planted. You have to sow your seed in order to grow your seed. That's the message in our sermon this morning, a sermon entitled, The Principle of Sowing. We're going to unlock the mysteries of the principles of sowing so we can unleash the power of the seed in your life and you can flourish. But before we go further, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you that you have planted in us seeds of life, seeds of power, seeds of destiny. You've given us gifts and talents and opportunities. You've given us the ability to cling to you and abide in you and bear fruit. Lord, today teach us the steps we can take to unleash the power of the seed in our life so that we can flourish. Teach us the principles of sowing and give us understanding today how to walk through this process that we might reap a harvest for your glory. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the devil that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to give us light and life and strength and grace, the power to flourish in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to invite you to take a moment right now. Join your faith with mine. Put your hand on your chest and pray out loud. After me, just say, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome once again to Agape House. It's great to see you here today. This is our year to flourish. So somebody lift your hand and say, I will flourish in 2024. And to help us achieve that goal, we're taking the first month of the year to focus on the foundation we need to embrace in order to flourish. So let's take a quick recap of what we've got so far. On watch night at our celebration service, we all discovered that it is God's plan for you to flourish. No matter who you are, no matter where you came from, God wants you to flourish. And he's given you a promise and the power available to make you flourish. Then we learned last week in the power of the seed, the great potential inside of you. Every seed has the power to grow, to make an impact, and to multiply. And when you realize that you are a seed and your life is a seed, you'll begin to chase growth and impact and multiplication. Because when God gets involved, your seed will grow and flourish. But just like we discovered through the story of the Judean date palm, the power of the seed will only produce a harvest when your seed is planted. You have to practice the principle of sowing in order to flourish. Now, to help us learn that truth today, we've printed sermon notes. They look like this. They're inside your bulletin, so go ahead and take them out. Don't forget, you can also scan the QR code on the back of the notes and keep the notes on your phone or your tablet, or you can download them for free from our website. There at the top of your notes is our scripture text. It's on the screen ahead of you, but God's word has the most power when it's proclaimed 
proclaimed from our lips and hidden in our hearts. So I want to encourage everybody to read this verse out loud together with me. One simple verse from Hosea 10, 12. Let's read the word of God with faith today. Are you ready? Brother, tighten your belt. Sister, tie your wrapper. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. The Lord says, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Consider the powerful promise direct from Jehovah God today. He says, when you plant the right seeds, you're going to harvest a mighty harvest. You're going to receive something great. If you practice the principle of sowing found in this passage, then God is coming to shower you. God is coming to water you. God is coming to bless you and make you a fruitful garden. If you believe it, say amen. So let's break down this verse and discover how to flourish through sowing. And here's your first truth today. Take heed to what you sow. Tell your neighbor, take heed to what you sow. Listen to how our scripture text begins. It says, the Lord says, plant the good seeds of righteousness. Everybody say good seeds. But you see, the fact is, we begin with the fact that the type of seed you sow will determine the type of harvest that you get. The type of seed determines the plant you grow. This is what the Bible says in Galatians 6, 7. A man reaps what he sows. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. What you sow is what you grow. Tell your neighbor, what you sow is what you grow. This is a law of God, and we see it all through the Bible. Go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1 and hear the word of the Lord here. He said, let the earth burst forth with every sort of grass and seed-bearing plant and fruit trees with seeds inside the fruit. Now listen carefully. So that these seeds will produce the kinds of plants and fruits they came from. And so it was, uh, and God was pleased. So God is telling us that the seeds can only produce the same kind of fruit or plant they came from. This is the law of God. This is what pleases God. God ordained it to happen. An orange seed will always produce an orange tree. A maize seed will always produce a maize plant. And this law of God is still in effect today. In the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says a different kind of plant grows from each kind of seed. And what is true in the natural is true also in the spiritual realm. It's a law of God. What you sow is what you reap. What you sow is what you grow. The planting produces the plant. The sowing secures the success. If you plant good seeds, you will get a good harvest. If you believe it, say amen. Well, that's the lesson we can learn from the study done of two men who lived in America hundreds of years ago. Sociologists have studied these two men, and the difference between them gives us an illustration of this truth from the Word of God. We're going to look at their lives and the legacy that they produced. First, let's look at a man named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was a preacher of the Word of God. He was a pastor and a man of righteousness. He devoted his life to God, and he continually sowed good seeds through his prayers, through his words, through his sermons, through his acts of service, and he reaped a godly legacy. Almost 150 years after Jonathan Edwards' death, these were the people listed as his descendants. One, 
U.S. vice president, three United States senators, three United States governors, three mayors, 13 university presidents, 65 professors, 30 judges, 100 lawyers, 100 missionaries, and 80 public office holders. Jonathan Edwards' godly seeds had produced a harvest of godly legacy. But now let's look at another man, a man named Max Juke. Max Juke lived at the same time as Jonathan Edwards, but Max Juke lived a completely different life. He continually sowed bad seeds of corruption, dishonesty, criminal activity, and wickedness. And 150 years after his death, sociologists studied his descendants and wrote a book about it. These are the descendants from Max Juke and the ungodly seed he sowed. 140 convicted criminals, seven murderers, 60 thieves, 50 women who were prostitutes. Hey, he must have been from East Ligon. Mm. 310 of his descendants were poverty-stricken and hundreds more were physically wrecked by alcohol and sinful living. The results are clear. Living a godly life and sowing godly seeds produced a godly harvest. Living a sinful life and sowing sinful seeds produced a sinful harvest. And this is the problem with so many of us in the church today. We fail to connect the harvest to our sowing. We fail to understand where the harvest comes from. So ask your neighbor, where does the harvest come from? Recently, a man wrote to me on Facebook. He said, Reverend, prophesy something good about my life. Well, I would love to prophesy something good about your life. I want something good for your life. I want to bless you and encourage you. I'm cheering for you. But I have to be honest with you. I cannot deceive you. I cannot prophesy against the law of God. For the fact is, a good harvest doesn't come from a prophecy. A good harvest comes from sowing good seeds. Friend, you can pray all you want to flourish in your family. You can pray for a happy home and a healthy home. But if you sow seeds of discord, distrust, division, doubt, and hatred, you won't reap a happy home. You can run to every prophet from Accra to Kumasi asking them to prophesy prosperity over you. But if you don't pay your tithe, you won't be blessed. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Should I go? I can go now. See, a prophecy doesn't produce a harvest. A prophecy only reveals and releases the harvest that is already there because of the seeds you sowed. Prophecy doesn't create a harvest. Seeds create a harvest. Prophecy only reveals and releases it because a man reaps what he sows. So here's what I want to get across to you today. Stop looking for solutions for your life and start sowing the right seed. Tell your neighbor he's talking about you. In order to have a good harvest, you have to sow good seeds. Start sowing seeds of righteousness. Start sowing seeds of forgiveness. Start sowing seeds of love. Start sowing seeds of prayer and obedience, and you will reap a better harvest. Because Proverbs 11.30 says, the seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. Sow good, and you will reap good. If you sow kind words and love and forgiveness and grace in your home, you will reap a happy home. If you sow victorious 
victorious words and victorious thoughts in your life, you will reap a victorious life and you will flourish. But the opposite is also true. If you sow bitter words, you will grow a bitter family. If you sow thoughts of defeat and you continually curse your life with your words, you will sow a bitter, defeated life. If you sow anger, you will get angrier and angrier. Sow evil and you will reap evil. For Proverbs 16, 28 says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Bad seeds produce a bad harvest. And the fact is every seed has harvest as its goal. Every seed has harvest in its destiny. The destiny of every seed is harvest. Good seeds are aiming for a good harvest. Bad seeds are aiming for a bad harvest and you cannot escape it. That's why you will never be satisfied in life when you're chasing a harvest through the wrong means. You have to invest your life with good seed into good soil to get the right harvest. You'll never be satisfied acquiring property or making money or seeking experiences. You will only find fulfillment when you aim for the right harvest. For the truth is, fruitfulness is your destiny. That's why Jesus said in John 15, my father is the gardener. My father is working to prune you and improve you. My father is working in your life to create a better harvest. He cuts off. Hey! He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. And sometimes God does a pruning work and a surgery work, and it's painful, and you think, what is happening? Where is God? God is where he wants to be. He's pruning you so that you can produce more fruit. Get rid of the bad and you'll get more of the good. For Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Hallelujah. And when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to God. And I came to tell you today, God expects you to bear much fruit. It's the sign that you are a true follower of Jesus Christ. And God gets glory when you become fruitful. So take time today to invest good seed and good soil and see the harvest that God will bring for your life. Somebody say amen. See, you've got to start investing your life in the places that have the highest potential for return. And that brings us to our second truth today. Take heed to where you sow. Somebody tell your neighbor, take heed to where you sow. Listen to what the scripture says next. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. So we've gone from the seed you're sowing to the ground you sow into. You see, not every soil can cultivate your seed. Not every environment will nourish your destiny. Not every soil has the ability to grow a seed to its potential. I remember the first time I tried my hand at planting something. I think it was about 15 years old. And I decided to plant strawberries in my father's compound outside Alexandria, Virginia, USA. Well, I didn't know what I was doing. But I can remember those days of going out in the hot sun and digging up the ground and weeding the ground and everything. I do not remember eating any strawberries because I think the crop was pitiful. Because what I learned is that strawberries need sandy soil. And the soil in my father's compound was not sandy, and the soil could not produce a good crop. 
For the soil you sow into will determine your harvest. We can see this from the parable Jesus told in Mark chapter 4. Jesus talked about a man who went out and sowed seed on four different kinds of soils. Jesus specifically said, the seed is good. He talked about how the man worked to sow the seed, but the four different soils produced different, different results. Three of the four soils were bad, and even though the good seed was planted, it could not produce a harvest. But one soil was good, and the seed grew up, and produced a harvest. And the message from the Lord is clear. Sow into good soil, and you'll get a good harvest. Sow into bad soil, and you will reap nothing, because toxic environments bring death. So let me ask you some questions today. What environment are you sowing into now? What soil are you sowing your time and your life into in 2024? Because no matter how good your seed, no matter how powerful or how much potential you have, if it's not in the right soil, it won't grow. This truth can be seen in the famous passage in Galatians 6.8. Listen carefully. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, where you sow yourself will determine what comes out. If you sow into the flesh, you'll reap the consequences of the flesh. If you sow your seed into the soil of the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. And that truth applies to all of us. If you sow a thought into bad soil, you'll reap an action. If you sow an action into bad soil, you'll reap a habit. If you sow a habit into bad soil, you'll reap your character. If you sow bad character into bad soil, you'll reap a bad destiny. Some of you sowed a seed years ago. It was a small seed, just a few minutes, but you watched pornographic movies, and that seed grew. It took root, and now it's grown. And suddenly you look back 10 years later and there's a monster on your back and you're in bondage to something that seems so strong because you planted a seed and now it's grown. But the good news is the opposite is also true. If you sow into good soil, you'll reap a good harvest. If you sow into the spirit, you will reap eternal life. That's why Jeremiah 4.3 says, this is what the Lord says, plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. Tell your neighbor, don't waste your seed on bad soil. You're a seed. You've got potential. God wants a harvest of fruitfulness from you, but you're sowing your seed into bad soil. You're spending hours on TikTok and you can't bother to pray for five minutes. Hey, I'm so popular today. To maximize the harvest, you have to sow into good soil. You have to examine the environment you're in. Are you with good people who build your faith and encourage you to run your race? Are you surrounding yourself with people who may be popular and may open doors in the natural for you, but who will pull you down and destroy you? That's why 3 John says, dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember those who do good, prove they are God's children. 
children and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. And consider what the Bible is teaching us today. We are admonished to avoid bad examples. If you surround yourself with bad examples morning and noon and night, it will have an impact in your life. Follow what is good by planting yourself in good fellowship with good people who will build your faith. That's why today, at the beginning of 2024, I want to urge you, I want to encourage you to get up and join a life group. Get up and join a fellowship group at Agape House. We have Agape men. We have Agape ladies. We have marriage mentoring and marriage ministry. We have Agape teens. We have life groups here at Life Night every Wednesday night. Beginning on January 31st, you can come and join a life group here and get yourself planted in good soil. People who will pray for you. People who will bless you. People who will encourage you. People who will lift you. People who will serve with you. People who will, will lift you up so that you can flourish by the grace of God. Inside your bulletin today, in the middle panel on the inside, there's a QR code. Scan it today. Register your information. Let us know how we can communicate with you so we can connect with you. Tell us where you want to belong. Tell us what you want to do because God is bringing you here to connect you in good soil at Agape House. Somebody say amen. And I urge you to go to the courtyard, to the booths outside, or to the welcome center and get connected for the fact is you need a sustainable environment or atmosphere in order to flourish. And when you plant yourself in a good atmosphere, you'll keep growing and keep producing. It's automatic. The power in you, the power of life, the power of God, the power of his presence will flow out from you. God has given you a seed. It will produce change. It will produce life. It will produce a harvest because one with God is a majority. And when you get God in your life and you surround yourself with godly people, you will flourish. If you believe it, say amen. Here at Agape House is good soil. Get planted here. For Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. The soil you sow into will sow back into you. When you sow into good soil, you'll receive a harvest. That's the lesson we can learn from the inspiring true story of an American woman named Aisha Champs. In May 2018, Aisha Champs graduated with honors from Texas Southern University in the USA with a law degree. That sounds amazing, but it's even more amazing when you understand the adversity she had to fight through to get there. You see, Ayesha Champs came from a very poor family. She was so poor that when she was in senior secondary school, she became homeless, nowhere to live. She had to squat from place to place with any friend who would take her. And she got involved with people who had a toxic environment and influence on her life. And her life began to spiral downward. She dropped out of senior secondary school. She had her first child at the age of 19. Soon after that, her mother died. Then the father of her children died. But adversity was not done with her yet. After that, she lost her home to fire. And everything she owned was gone. At the end of her rope, with no one to turn to, Aisha Champs attempted suicide. 
But God had better plans for Aisha Chance. Even though she was poor and uneducated, the power and potential of her life was still there. Even though she'd been neglected and in the darkness and pushed aside, she still had the power of the seed in her. No matter how long it was dormant, the potential for harvest was there. It simply needed to be sown into the right soil. And that's what happened. Aisha Champs committed her life to Christ, and then she got committed to her church. When Aisha began spending time in fellowship with people of faith, her faith began to grow. When she surrounded herself with people filled with hope, hope began to grow. She got closer to her pastor and his wife, and they began to encourage her. They cultivated her soil and her seed, and planted in good soil, she began to flourish. Listen to her words. I figured I was too old, she said. I had too many kids, and there was no way possible. But she decided to invest herself anyway in her life and in her future. So she went back to school to try to finish her senior secondary education. Then as the seed of her life began to bloom and she completed secondary school, she enrolled at Texas Southern University with the goal of becoming a lawyer. It wasn't easy. Just like a seed has to struggle through the soil and push back against the barrier, just as the seed has to aim for the light, she had to overcome defeat, discouragement, doubt. She had to fight fear, but she kept sowing into good soil. And with God's help and the support of her church, she graduated with honors with a law degree. And this is what she says to you today. Whatever your circumstances are right now, that doesn't mean that's what your circumstances will continue to be, she says. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you. Destiny is never without difficulty. Every harvest has to push through the soil. Every harvest has to overcome the darkness. You've got to surround yourself with godly people. For your seed has power, but it is ineffective and unfruitful as long as you keep it to yourself. If you abide alone and don't get in the dirt of other fellowship and other people helping you, you will not produce anything. Jesus said in John 12, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And it may not make sense in the natural. But God is telling you today, if you'll cast yourself into the good soil of his presence, if you'll cast yourself into the good soil at Agape House, if you'll die to self and surrender your ambition and give yourself to God and get connected with people of faith, you will not remain alone. You will grow. Your root will go down deep. The leaf will come out. The plant will grow. And you will bear fruit, you will flourish when you practice the principle of sowing. Somebody say, I will flourish. And that brings us to our third truth today. Take heed to how you sow. Tell your neighbor, take heed to how you sow. Listen to what the scripture says again. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. And I want to encourage you this morning that no matter how small the seed, no matter how long it's been dormant, no matter how other people may reject it, when you plant good seed in good soil, you will reap a harvest. And the harvest is always greater than the seed. The impact is always greater than the beginning. You always reap more than you sow. If you believe it, Say, I will reap. 
But not only do you always reap more than you sow, you always reap according to how you sow. The more seed you sow, the more harvest you reap. If you sow a few seeds, you'll get a small crop. But when you sow many, you'll get plenty. That's why 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Hallelujah. God will multiply according to how you sow. If you take a little bit of time, you come to church once on Sunday, that's it. You will reap a benefit by being at Agape House. But it will be small compared to those who come Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, and get connected. And even as God is encouraging us to sow good seeds into good soil, we have to understand that we have the decision to make how much we will sow and how much we'll reap. Jesus taught us this in Mark 4.20. He said, others are like the seed planted on the good ground. Remember, Mark 4, this is Jesus saying a good seed planted in good ground. They hear the teaching and accept it. Then they grow and produce a good crop, sometimes 30 times more, sometimes 60 times more, and sometimes 100 times more. And I'm here to guarantee you that you will get a return on your crop, but the amount of your return is based on how much you sow. If you want a bigger crop, you have to sow a bigger seed. Spend more time, more attention, more emphasis on building your faith and connecting with people. For the principle of sowing determines how much you sow, determines how much you reap. Once there was a pastor in a small community who loved God, loved his people, and he loved to read. He loved books. In fact, he built up a huge library with many shelves of very great books that encouraged him in his faith. But when the members would come to visit the pastor, the pastor was so kind and generous that when they had a problem, he would pray with them, encourage them, and then he would invariably go to the shelf and get a book and say, you should read this book, it will help you. And over the years, the pastor gave away so many books that one day he came into his office and noticed that the shelves were empty. He had only a few dozen books remaining out of the hundreds that he'd started with. And he became discouraged. He said, ah, I had this big library. It was my pride and joy. And now it's down to just a handful of books. That's it. I've decided I will not give away any books again. Pata, pata, finish. That night a fire in a field broke out of control and came close to the church. And unfortunately, the fire caught hold of the church and burnt the pastor's office. Before they could put out the fire with water, the pastor's office was destroyed. They called him and he came to the office and he saw everything was gone. All the remaining books he had were gone. And he was so sad so despairing. Say, ah, I gave away my books, and now even the few I had remaining, they're gone. But then a funny thing happened. When people heard about the fire and how the pastor had lost his library, they started returning the books to the pastor that he had given them. But not only did they return the books, many of the people went out and bought extra books and came with more books and said, Pastor, here's the book you gave me, but I also bought two or three more books because I know you like to read. Here's additional books to rebuild your library. And within a week, the pastor had more books than he had at the beginning before he had started giving them out. Listen to what the pastor said. 
It's funny how things happened, he said. Everything I kept, I've lost. Everything I gave away, I've received back even more. My library has multiplied because of the books I gave away. And that's how it is for all of us. One day, everything you've kept for yourself will be taken away. There's nothing from this life we can carry. But everything you've given away, every seed you've sown, every prayer you've prayed, every gift you've given, every fellowship you've encouraged, every part you've had in the church and in the kingdom of God will come back to you multiplied over and over again. God will bless you and you will flourish. Maybe you're in a season right now where it seems like you don't have anything left to give. Maybe you've given and given and you're tired. There's nothing left. All you have is your life, but your life is a seed. And when you put your life in the hands of God, it has unlimited potential. Sow yourself completely and generously to God, and he will multiply what you have and send it out. See, you never know the harvest that will come from your life. You may think your seed is small. You may think your time is small. You may think that your effort or your talent is small but you never know the harvest that God will bring. One day your sowing will come to light and the harvest will be seen. One day you will be amazed and you will be rewarded as you stand in the presence of God and all the great harvest from your life will be made evident to the world because any man can count the number of seeds in one orange, but only God can count the number of oranges in one seed. If you could see the harvest coming from your life today, you would pray more. You would come to the fasting and prayer this week. If you could see the harvest that came from your giving, you would give double and triple. If you could see the harvest that would come from your prayers, you would pray and never stop praying. You would see what God is going to do and you would be motivated today because Jesus said in Matthew 19, everyone, everybody, black or white, rich or poor, male or female, everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or prophets, property for my sake will, 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 will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Somebody say, I receive. Because from one seed comes many sheaves. It may take time. It may be a struggle. But keep your focus on the prize. Keep sowing. Keep giving, keep praying, keep serving, keep coming, keep getting more and more committed. For the fact is, God wants to use your seed, not just to create fruit, but to create more seeds. And understand today that some of you are saying, ah, oh, but I don't have time. I don't have time for a life group. I don't have time for ladies. I don't have time for agape men. But if you will sow a little time, God will bring a fruit from that sowing, and he will also bring you more time. Second Corinthians 9 says, God supplies seed for the person who plants. You're guaranteed more seed when you sow it. He supplies bread for food. God will also supply and increase the amount of your seed. He will increase the results of your good works. In other words, when you begin to sow time, prayer, service, gifts into the kingdom of God, you not only reap the harvest, God makes a way for you to multiply the ability to do even more. He multiplies your seed and increases your benefit. That's how you flourish. You're a seed sown by God Almighty into this world. 
You're full of life, potential. When you get God involved, anything can happen. So think carefully today. Sow your seed into good soil. Make sure you live in an environment of faith, hope, love, and peace. You must guard your thoughts, your words, your time, your activities, your hobbies, your friends from anything that would influence you towards a bad soil. Dedicate yourself today to sow your life into the good soil of God's kingdom, the best soil. Dedicate yourself and produce sheaves for the kingdom of God. For you are seed. It hasn't yet been seen all the fruit that will come from your life. But when you practice the principle of sowing, I guarantee you, you will flourish. Let us pray. Father, I bring your people before you. I come with them today to stand in your presence in humility and say, God, everything we've received from you, our life, our talents, our intelligence, our creativity, our anointing, our gifting, we don't deserve it. It was a gift from you to us. What we do with those things is a gift back to you. So help us, Lord. Show us the power of our lives combined with you. Show us the potential of the seed in us. Help us to be wise and discerning, to sow into good soil that we might produce the harvest. Let us sow generously. Let us give and pray and serve more this year than ever so that we might reap a harvest for your glory. We thank you by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. If you are ever in Accra, we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.